Welcome back to Kingwell's Court. Um, it's a special episode tonight. I can't remember what number, 37, maybe 36. I don't know. I'm not that professional. But um, we've just uh, heard the, the awful news about Joey Jordanson passing away at age 46, which is very, very uh, sad to hear. We also had Mike Howe from Metal Church the same day. And then just mm. today, it was uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. That that's three, as as a great man once said earlier on, they come in trees. Those so, uh, yeah, it's truth. It's unfortunate, but we're just gonna have a little. We're just gonna have a little chat about Joey Jordanson tonight because I know a lot of Irish metal bands uh, and a lot of musicians really, really, really enjoyed this man's music and his work. So we'll just have a little bit of a little little tribute to him. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Cormac Jordan. Cormac, how are you, my man? Doing all right, given the circumstances. It's yeah. this doesn't feel real. I know. Like, it, it, you don't. It doesn't feel real to have someone that big die forty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. I mean, it's like I was, I, I was just thinking about it. I, th- I'd say himself between himself and probably Corey Taylor, they've probably inf- influenced an awful lot of musicians. Yeah, you know. Yeah, say for, say for musicians my age. age a lot of them got into metal via Slipknot. Yeah. That, like, I think, like, all, like, my mates who are, like, the same age as me, 90% of them got into a true Slipknot or something like yeah. that. They were a perfect the gateway band. band. Yeah. 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 I mean, there you, I mean, there you go, Jason, you're wearing your Slipknot t-shirt. There you go. I mean, it's, it's perfect. I mean, like I, I, I personally feel, I know I'm, I'm the oldest here on this little panel tonight, but uh, I mean, I've seen them like six times or something, and every time I've loved them, you know? And, Phenomenal. Yeah, I've seen them. I've only ever seen them with Joey, you know? Mm. And, I've never uh, seen them with Joey. Oh, my God. Never Jesus. know. I've seen them so twice, but uh, it was both Jay Weinberg. Um, never yeah. seen them before. And, of course, Jay's a good drummer in his own way. He is. Oh, he's on real. Um, well, yeah. he had massive shoes to fill, and he did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No one could have done a better job. Yeah, I mean, we, um, Tom, how's it going, brother? How are you keeping? I'm going to introduce us all individually. And then, good. Uh, what's your take on 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 El Joey going? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's such a thing as a self-respecting 25 plus year old metalhead that wasn't absolutely obsessed with Slipknot when they were a teenager. Um, certainly, like, for me, like, you know, everybody talks about their musically formative years as, like, when they were a teenager or whatever. And I remember, like, getting into Slipknot, like, 14, 15, and kind of thinking about wanting to play drums. And he was, like, one big influence for me. Along with him, with, like, the likes of Dave Lombardo, Igor Cavalera, Gene Hogan, but he was like a big, very like instrumental part in that. Like, mm. and I was a huge thing as well. I remember the first time I heard Left Behind, I saw the video for Left Behind on Skulls when I was like fucking 14 or 15 and it blew my fucking mind, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, very, 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 uh, very upsetting and just left an indelible mark on extreme music and like modern metal in general like what we now consider modern metal he's left a, he left a huge mark on that 
you know. So yeah, absolutely. A lot, bands, a lot of bands coming out now will kind of take pages from the Slipknot book. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of drummers will take pages from Joey Jordan book of playing drums. You know what I mean? So yeah, very, uh, very sad. I think I think my two two of my well my favorite drummers Dave Lombardo, but uh, Joey is right up there. He is right up there. Yeah. And, and you know, and it was a it was a pity that we never got to see him kind of reunite with the lads. You know. Yeah. I never got to see them. I've never seen Slipknot. I never got to see him play. And I'm kicking myself now that I never got to, to see him. It's one of them bands, man. You think to be around forever and, yeah. you know, the fucking, oh, the, totally. a lot of musicians are invincible and, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't expect that to somebody who's only like, what, like 10 years older than me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just and nuts. I had that um, pipe dream of one day Joey, like, coming back for even a show or a yeah. tour. That's exactly it, man. Yeah. For that moment, and now that it's it's gone, it's just like, you know, it's it's heartbreaking. And I I know there's there isn't there some music that he was on kind of around the all of his gone era. Mm. Um, I think yeah, he had extra get a release date eventually. But um, I think Clam was talking about recently, and he said that it'll come out when the time is right. So I assume yeah. this is going to be the time is right. Really things. Clown's not, like sure. not, sure about... not sure about trying to make a book either, you know, so. Oh, yeah. I He's do not... wonder what the official Slipknot response is going to be, given it. the relationship between those two was not good recently. Mm-hmm. I know Joey was proud of what he did with Slipknot, but reading between the lines of what Corey's saying, it does mm-hmm. not look like Slipknot were want to have a relationship with Joey at all. So I'm going to mm-hmm. be interested to see what their official line is. My yeah, besides yeah. just blacking out social media. Yeah, I've right. seen that already. I'd say they're in their time. Like it's it's even with their situation, you know, it's it's a very hard thing to approach, I'd say, on anyone's behalf because nobody yeah. really knows what's going on, you know. We know what he yeah, we had. only know what we see. Yeah. yeah so they're they're blacking out their social media as a nod saying, Look, lads, we know that's what yeah. that is, and it's a kind of a nod or whatever, but like a band of that magnitude and that size, you know, they're going to have to release like a really good official yeah. statement because the band is bigger than the sum of us parts even, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And even if they were, regardless of if they were on good or bad terms with Joey, he was still like a massive part of that band for the best part of like 15, okay. 20 years. You know what I, I mean? Know. You know, he's still a huge part of it. Like, so yeah. it's not like they can be like, oh, we're going to write off or whatever. Like, they're still going to yeah, have to. There's no way they would. It's no to be way. like, I believe Joey wrote and like stuff like that. It, it just it goes on with the band's history forever. Like, they'll never be away from, you know, oh, audience. yeah, no way. Legacy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, he was their main musical director. Like, he yeah. produced one of their albums, but I know officially they had Ross Robinson or Rick Rubin producing their albums while he was with the band. But he was the one sitting beside him. Like, let's say every band when it goes to the studio has that one member who's there at every session who's yeah. very much watching the producing closely. Joey was that member for years. But you could even I, see him like that in the Roadrunner United project as well. Like, yeah. it was fair, fair enough. Like, like, he was a team lead and that kind of side of things. But you could see by the guy, like, he was, he was such a strong songwriter and an yeah. integral part of that project there as well, as well as Slipknot, you know. Absolutely. The very thing that was probably the only record that was like recorded completely separately where they weren't sitting in on each other's bars mm. and stuff like that. But um, going back to what Cormac said, um, 
regardless if uh, the, the whole relationship between the members was, you know, uh, quite bad at the time. I think all it, all it was was then separating the actual brotherhood uh, from mm. business. And I think it's business that was bad between them. Because, like, even when you look at Corey's um, response to someone he was talking about, Joey, he was always trying to protect them. Like, he was never given given away any insights on what was going on within the band mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Statements that were quite useful. Uh, Damien, uh, welcome. How's it going, my man? Um, <laughs> tell me the influence that Joey's playing had on your style and your uh, career so far, man. It was it was absolutely massive, and I mean, like uh, even beyond Slipknot, everything that he did after and in between, between Mortar Dolls, um, he did stuff with Ministry, even seeing him playing with Corn and Rob Zombie and all that. Mm-hmm. He was just a phenomenal musician, and his way to adapt to various musical styles was a huge influence on me, especially with the Roadrunner stuff. Um, but um, in terms of drums, definitely the whole uh, Iowa records when it came out it really kicked my ass to start working on my kicks and seeing the whole um disaster pieces the uh, dvd um really kind of showed me how, how it's done and you know inspired me to do better in that regard like in terms of in terms of my playing you can hear it in my kicks and my fills definitely and like uh, in my early teens he was the influence for me like yeah, understandable. Absolutely. And yeah, watch a disaster piece has paid off you all right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason, another another one of our top drummers in the country, a lot, along with two of them here with them. I mean, it's great to have three fantastic drummers here to, to talk about this. Uh, tell yeah. me, tell me what your your uh, your thoughts on Joe, Joey are. Yeah, like you. He was the, I, I remember, um, actually on a poster, I remember my brother had a band and um, I was in this in this band practice with him and I'd heard Slipknot, you know, my brothers had the CDs and, you know, all the greats like Korn and Slipknot and I was a little kid listening through these and I go to my brother's band space and they played some Slipknot songs and they had, the, you know, the poster when he put out his snare drum? Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember looking at that poster and... Uh, watch my brother and his mates play these songs and thinking like holy fuck how is this you know real like being in a room with a drummer you know um, good friend of mine now and uh, then he had that signature snare drum and I remember always going like you know I, I've heard this music on a CD I heard you know my brother playing it and it's, it's so different and it just it took me because nothing else was like that out there you know and you know early Slipknot came in on the scene like there was absolutely nothing like that and you know just from a whole um attitude point of view like it wasn't about just music or and he had a character that he brought to on stage you know he didn't have to be just this normal guy he was whatever the music was and that showed in his playing like um he wasn't just being a metal drummer he was you know theatrical and how he played and performed and you know how he created and it's just above and beyond kind of what i had seen back then and yeah. you know hearing that with the drumming and it was just like you know if that's something that's possible that's what i want to do and um, then, like, later on today, like I've been kind of deep diving his videos, like I'm sure many have, having a good old cry, like I'm sure many have over mm-hmm. this. And I was watching like a drum talk has a great video with him. I just watched it and uh, he talks a lot about Roadrunner and talks about him as a musician and what he likes. And he's like, go learn your basics. And he's just like, go play with other musicians because you'll learn the most. 
trying to do simple things, trying to collab with other people. You know, he loved working with different musicians, like seeing him play with Korn and, you know, and Metallica and all those. He was just like, he was always trying to expand himself, even though he was one of the greats. And that always blew me away trying to like, how can he think he could be greater? You know, if, you know, if I have that drive, then, you know, that's, it's, that's what pushing boundaries. Yeah. We're all using that kind of way of thinking for what we're doing at the moment with a jury, I think. So that's why I love seeing that video. It was just like the, that sense of collab was so important to him, like being part of the, the metal community, being part of different bands. Um, he spoke a lot about like genres. He, he said, go listen to genres and play genres you're not comfortable. Like this whole Shire thing was it really reminded me of that. Like I'm playing a death metal style song when I'm in like a, not that sort of style band. And you know, mm. that's what he was like. He could innovate in any area, but he was also just one of the best in metal, you know? But uh, for the community, for the musicians, for the bands, everything, you know, he held the flag for it all. Yeah. Uh, Tony, how's it going, my man? Oh, good, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having us on. Absolutely. Um, Talk to me. Jesus. Jesus, yeah, like I I think this this is probably the third musician that's like hit me real hard. Like one of my big influences after the likes of like Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell. Mm. I remember being or even Dimebag, even to go back even further there, like but like this is just one of these guys that I grew up listening to through my formative years, you know what I mean? Coming out of being basically a twelve year old kid into when the the first album to me to all of us we would call it you know the self title yeah. title we wouldn't have been privy to to see the the album before that you know what I mean that was the one that was heavily promoted obviously I remember hearing I think it was uh, Wade and Bleed the first time and a friend had it on a cassette tape and had handed it to me with a bunch of other like Marilyn Manson stuff or anything like that and it just blew me away but the drumming in particular you know the singing and all that aside or anything like that but yeah. then the drumming and I really I thought that like Joey's mask was the coolest mask out of them all I thought it was really cool yeah, I liked that he was a short arse like I was a short arse he's only a small <laughs> lad and he's real powerhouse you know behind the kid and much like what the boys had said there as well it was like he's a real showman he wasn't just a drummer that just fucked around on the kit and he could play fast he was able to rile up the crowd and he's you know he's a real performer and like inadvertently there yeah like I grew up obviously as maybe playing guitar and a singer or anything like that, but seeing your, your idols and that, putting on, that's how a show was put on. Do you know what I mean? We all know yeah. that Slipknot was a mad fucking circus on stage anyway. But yeah, just you're, you're trying to push yourself like that. When you go and play a gig, that's how it's fucking done. Yeah. You know, and that's how you perform. Like, you don't mm-hmm. just sit back, you give it all you got, like. And um, yeah, it's just mad. It's real, it's real saddening to just see another one of the greats gone because he was one of the greats you know yeah. and he'll go down in history as one of the greats and isn't it crazy we may not know these people personally but we we feel like we know them because we've been listening to them most of our lives and yeah that's when it hits you and you know like i was like that when jeff hanman died because like i've been listening oh, to Slayer and it, yeah all my life you know and i'd say like, i'd say everybody here would know you know when they first heard slipknot they can remember yeah. where they were do you know yeah. what I mean? Or they're in their bedroom or with their friends or whatever it is, and it comes right back to you. And like you listen to albums there, like Iowa, and like the boys had said there, you know, first time seeing Left Behind, seeing that video. Yeah. Like I think that was probably one of the first bands who done videos like that that were like a movie. 
Do you know, yeah. like how fucked up that video was, like yeah. real mad. It was just that, you know, a lot of other videos before them, maybe kind of, I don't know, like a live performance or whatever it was, but the lads had really, and I suppose that was down to Clown as well, like in his direction and vision and everything, but that was just ingrained in their head. You know, they were meant to be the scary band, do you know? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a band with so many T-shirts around the, the, the Central Bank Slipknot, oh, <laughs> you know. I mean, as a compliment. Oh to yeah, man. Really Getting cool. slagged off in school. <laughs> Slipknot. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but I have to say, I always said lips not. Lips not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always found. I always got the impression. I never met the man, but I always got the impression he was always a time for his fans, and was always. Mm. There's actually a really good uh, video out there uh, of uh, Joey. I think he was uh, playing with either Vimic or Scardamart or something like that, where he was playing in smaller grounds. They went down to South America and Joey ended up outside a hotel or something surrounded by fans. And he didn't just sign autographs or say hi to them politely. Someone gave him an acoustic guitar. He sat there and played sick for the no moment. I remember hearing that or seeing that at some point Thanks. in my life, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I think he even gave a little speech thanking them all for all the support they've given him and for making Slipknot as big as it was. Yeah, that's that's giving back. That's what you want. Yeah. You, when you hear that about someone, you just respect them even more. You really do. You know. Mm. Um, you can definitely see the, the Golden Gods Awards video um, when they give him, I think it's 2016. Yeah. Um, and his speech is so humble. Like the, the guy, you know, the hardest thank you he has to do in that whole speech was, you know, thanking his wife and or his, his, his missus. And mm. like, it was so nice to see, like, he's so invested in the, how his family's a part of it, all the fans, all the bands he's played with. He barely talked about himself. It was just all the people that are around him, you know. You can yeah. really see that going through him. So, very humble guy. Uh, and I was just his, his last couple of slip shows, he was so destroyed by NS. Yeah. And so much pain. Apparently, he had to be carried on and off stage, and like everything he played was like straight laced, no fuck ups, no mistakes, and he was just there's so much pain, and then yeah, you just have to be fucking carried off stage, and then he yep. was like, yeah, I'm finished with it, not like yeah, so yeah. He, did it, he did it, and he did he did it for so his for, for his art, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and you mean like absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, legendary, you know. What an amazing feat to come back from a, a career stopping disease and having the, the willpower to, to go on with it. And like mm-hmm. having the, the drama of like being at a slipknot and probably the, the I can't imagine what he was thinking going through when he was, you know, that deteriorating while playing slipknot shows. Like it must have been crazy on his head, let alone yeah. his physical doing those things. And to um, to get the mentality to come back and fight it, you know, it's it's amazing feat um, yeah. for him to pull back together and come back with bands and music and. You know, absolutely. Um, just a quick question for the drummers here. Uh, are you thinking about maybe doing a, a tribute drum video? Maybe Have I you, did you did one today, Damien? Did you? But it's only like a minute clip, but it's coming out tomorrow. Okay, I did oh. one for um, disaster. Cool. Um, and uh, boys, are you gonna think you do one maybe? Uh, my drum editing, my drum video editing skills aren't very great. What would you do if you were going to do one, though, Tom? If you were going to do one, what would you do? If I was to do one, I don't know. I'd probably do like 
Fuck. Uh, like like Left Behind or I do Duality or like Before I Forget or something. Yeah. 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 Deadly tracks. Jason, what would you do? Are you gonna do one actually? Uh, I might do something. It'd be a shame not to. Like I have the the Joey signature snare drum, um, and all that sort of stuff. I probably have a mask I've made some year ago. You know, ah. like we call probably the Joey yeah. mask. Throw oh, it yeah. on. Throw it on. <laughs> yeah, I may need to go grab my uh, old jumpsuit and mask for the Slipknot tribute days. Yeah, man. Oh, when you were in college, you done that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's that's kind of hit a whole bunch of us hard. It's like we were all lads who just all met via Slipknot. Yeah. We got the offer to do a Slipknot tribute band. We had some amazing gigs doing it. We had to stop it just because it made Slipknot not fun for us anymore, having to dissect the music that. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah those slow, those shows were fun, even if I nearly broke my back on it. <laughs> you have a keg in a baseball bat. Yeah, we had the keg. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I I nearly broke my back on it. What happened was we were playing downstairs in Fibbers. We did spit it out because obviously you have to. Well, and then man. we were doing the whole jump the fuck up. Uh, we all went to the crowd. Uh, Steve brought his mic and he didn't have a wireless. He had a straight wired mic going through uh, the house. Yeah, yeah. So you can't I got it. pushed around as normal. And because downstairs is so small, we put the keg in the mid, like to the left of the pits. I got knocked backwards over uh, the leads. My back went straight over the keg. I just limped sorry. over to my little area, did the snare for surfacing, and I just limped back home. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> the Simpsons where he fixes his back falling over the yeah. keg. Yeah. <laughs> Spinomatic or something. Or did, yeah. Levy, did Levy just blend you an empty keg? Or did you buy you have the empty keg that you No, we, we actually found a keg. Uh, actually, we found two kegs. Uh, what happened was back when we were all in BIM, we did a sick for an end of term show. And we managed to just find a keg lying about. No, <laughs> uh, we decided to use that. And one day, like we were all getting the bus back from rehearsal to go to the studio, some one lad just brought the keg on the bus. So I took a picture of it. It went viral, going lovely day for cans or <laughs> And yeah, we brought that. To the we brought it to the bug. In fact, we did the gig with it. We had to actually mic up the keg. That was brilliant. <laughs> I'd say and, you were. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> we lost that one, and then Still we started like, doing the slow nothing again. We saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just eventually we somehow found another keg, and we started transporting that everywhere for the gigs. And I have no idea where that currently is. Unfortunately, <laughs> don't think anyone's going to take it. Yeah, by the time you guys were done with it. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> I have to. I have to say, lads. What really? I think what really brought. Uh, Joey to the forefront was when he played with Metallica whether we liked that or not what I mean by that is you know he was uh, you know worldwide after that really I mean he was big enough in his own right but when he filled and him and Lombardo played those tracks at the download with Metallica oh, to a different yeah. audience oh, you know gee, and, the older was, audience that wasn't into that he was yeah I think that's probably what I'm trying to say like the likes of the older people who may have may have laughed at slipped or whatever when they saw him yeah. playing better than yeah. fucking Lars Ulrich. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, Andy Copping, the main promoter of Download, actually put out a story today where he said, originally Metallica had the option of cancel it or somehow find another drummer. They were urging towards cancel because they went to a lot of drummers backstage mm. at Download and all of them said, no, either they couldn't play it 
or they're too terrified to go out yeah. to that sort of audience. Wow. They yeah, saw just- Dave and they saw Joey. Joey said, yes, I'll do it. He, like he's not going to turn on the chance to play with Metallica, <laughs> and he did it. And imagine getting that sort of reputation. Metallica put their their belief in you to play with them. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he um, played he played most of the songs, didn't he? Yeah, he he did most of the tracks. I think Dave Lombardo did the Dave two Lombardo or three. Lombardo. Then Fleming, <laughs> oh. then Lars's Tech did one track just for the hell of it. Yeah, so that would have been a great experience, wouldn't yeah. it, to see? It. Yeah. Yeah, supposedly he was supposed to play a load more songs. Um, Time put up a story about it not too long ago, where um, when they came up and asked Joey, Joey said, you know, yeah. Um, because like Lars, Joey said Lars is one of his biggest inspirations. So he was like, never turned it down a chance to play, you know, on his chair. And uh, like he's practiced the songs his whole youth coming up. But a uh, client said he was outside the little practice room they had and they played like um, another third board of songs. But they never brought those soaps. They only just took a few. And yeah, um, right. so supposedly a lot more songs they jammed. So it would have been amazing to, to see the whole thing. That's it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so I mean, there's nothing else really we can say. I mean, it's nice to be able to share stories about a, a man who we all have, we all hold in the highest regard, you know? Yeah, for sure, um, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we need to mention his other band, Murder Dolls, because yes. that had yeah. a big effect on the world of horror punk and yeah. really launched Wednesday 13. Wednesday 13 put out a, like a good uh, post today. Basically saying, talking about, thank you for giving me a career. Because yeah. yeah. Joey saw the talent Wednesday was. He gave yeah. them the chance. And if it's you see some of the early Murder Dolls shows, you can see... The guys in the murder dolls recognize this is my chance at success playing in a stadium in Japan. <laughs> and you could see the hunger in their eyes. I constantly love looking at that video. Just kind of remind myself, this is what a hungry band looks like. Yeah, That's yeah a great band too. Um, a band I wouldn't have been into, but the fact I seen Joey and I was like, I'll give them a go. But I was a, you know, it wasn't my scene. And then when I was listening, yeah. I was like, okay, you know, great song, right? Yeah. I really yeah. liked them at that time. I was like, 16 and it was um a friend mark it was actually a guy that was in the band with and it was his brother gary was big into them and he was like did you ever hear this band murder dolls and i was like no man never heard them before i'd heard your man's vocals and i says oh fuck that reminds me of white zombie that's what i knew at the time rob zombie because of the effects that your man had on his voice Mm. and he was like i bet you don't know who this guy is and he showed me like photos and i was like is that fucking Joey Jordison? He's like, yeah, man, he plays guitar as well. Do you know? I was like, fucking mind blown. Do you know what I mean? Like, How can you be that talented? Like, you yeah. know, 16 years of age trying to fuck around on the guitar and this guy is just light years ahead of you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Fantastic musician. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the... I really loved his latest band since I thought they were really cool. Fucking class. I thought they were daily. I thought they were very good. Yeah. I liked how he really kept in touch with those death metal, black metal roots. Oh, you see some kind of yeah. marriage slip now. They kind of, that kind of faded away from the extreme metal stuff. He launched into it. Like, he was filling in with Satyricon, like, filling mm-hmm. up for Frost, the fastest black metal drummer in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say he was well and able you know, to like, keep with up Satyricon, that He couldn't have had that much money to pay him anyway. No. So he probably mm. just did it out of the love of his heart. Well, I'd say at that stage, he would have had enough money himself. So, yeah, he was doing that for fun. You know, fair folks do like, Great yeah. to get to that level of, of your craft where you can do shit for fun, like you know. 
exactly yeah. kind of go back to, to what made you hungry in the first place or just challenge like again like what one boys touched on I think it was Jason that said it you know really pushing the boundary and challenging himself and doing shit outside of his wheelhouse you know just yeah. for the shits and giggles just to test himself like absolutely um, then the, sorry Demi Mar- Mar- sorry and then there was the Scar the Martyr and the next stuff phenomenal material like it's a it's a pity that the Dynamic record never came out hopefully it might now but mm. let's see what happens hopefully yeah man um, gents we're gonna wrap up now uh, like I was saying it's, it's it was a, just a little short tribute to the man yeah for sure um, it's been fun, great to chat to you as all about little stories and memories about you know Slipknot and but I, I did ask the drummers about. But give me your favorite. Give me your favorite t- tracks from Slipknot before we go. Karma, give me two of them. Ah, uh, straight off the bat, I gotta say, disaster pieces. I'd probably wait and believe for that's the track that got me into Slipknot. Nice, nice. Tommy, what we got? Um, goddamn. Uh, <laughs> probably left behind and. Maybe Vendetta. Nice choice. Yeah. Nice choice. Damien, what have you got? And the blister exists, and I'll go with the heretic anthem. Nice. Uh Jason, what you got for me? Uh it's gotta be sick for like the most song that blew me away. Like the drum, it's crazy to that. And then uh kind of like Vermillion or Snuff, because it's like it's not their most metal songs, but his drumming was just so unique in those yeah. tunes. So Probably Absolutely. like I, the drumming itself is just phenomenal when it comes into that ending of tune. Yeah, Tony, what you got? I'd have to say now, Heretic Anthem um, surfacing just for the that guitar at the start of it, and that so just creeped the fuck out of me. You know, Brilliant. yeah. Um, I have to say, duality <laughs> and uh, Heretic Anthem for me. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, like like I'm sure we could we could all pick ten or twelve. But yeah. just off the top of my head, they're they're probably two of my all-time favorites. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, gents, it's been a, an absolute pleasure having a little chat with you about this kind of stuff. I'm sure the next time we all see each other, we'll be talking about a shirey. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, we can do it in person. Yes. Exactly. Here's, yeah. Is hoping. But anyway, like I was saying, we just wanted to give a little tribute out to Joey, and um, you know. <laughs> Let him may he rest in peace and all that. Fucking right, man. Gents, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming out to the court. Cheers, Thanks. lads. Here's Adios. Always, Carl. Adios.
Yeah.